What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Sofa Sports Podcast, um, where we're going to be talking about football, basketball, NFL, NBA, all that good stuff. So I'm Tyler, and I'm joined by George and Hunter. Um, so this is episode one, and we're going to start off by discussing the wild card weekend games. So I'll pass it off to Hunter. All right, so the first game up was the Bengals versus Raiders. This game came down to the wire as the Bengals won on an interception in the last seconds. Um, one thing I noticed mainly from this game was the Raiders' offense, their passing game was elite. The Bengals' secondary really struggled, uh, and the Darren Waller and Zay Jones were easily able to make space and get a lot of open passes, which allowed the Raiders to drive down the field many times. But the defensive line got enough pressure on Derek Carr that the Bengals were able to take it in the long run. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I mean, mascara enthusiast Derek Carr really got pressured the entire game and kind of folded under it. And, like, it's it's kind of hard to, like, deal with that, especially because, like, his number two receiver is currently in prison, so he didn't have as good of a chance to drop the ball off considering Hunter Renfro only plays the slot. And you can't really compete with a guy like Jamar Chase who – is a generational talent and is going to burn the league for years. Although, I I wanted the Bengals to win going into this game, and I'm glad they did, although I wish it wouldn't have been on such like a controversial uh, call as the whistle being blown before Joe Burrow was out of bounds. I still think the Bengals would have won anyway, but this just gives the Raiders fans an excuse to say that they were robbed. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's just an excuse at the end of the day. Um, because at the end of the day, too, like, it can be controversial all you want, but it was a touchdown. Like, you can't take away the fact that it was a touchdown, even though the whistle was blown, and you can say the play should have been blown dead, but even if there was no whistle, it still would have been a touchdown. Like, the whistle didn't affect anything, in my opinion. Uh, Bengals won fair and square, you know. Uh, Derek Carr threw, you know, barely over 50% completion, and you're not going to win a playoff game on the road against Cincinnati uh, when your quarterback can't throw for over 50% of his passes or barely throws over 50% of his passes. Um, so, uh, yeah, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about the Patriots-Bills game. Um, so I'll pass it off to Hunter real quick. All right, this game was literally just a massacre. I mean, the Bills scored on every single possession they had. Josh Allen had more touchdowns than incompletions. He looked absolutely fantastic in this game, and I genuinely think this momentum can carry them over into the revenge game they have against the Chiefs coming up. I mean, Mac Jones, he didn't play horribly. The The Patriots' defense just did not show up to play like they did in the, the game prior in the regular season. I mean, it was just a completely different mindset from each. I mean, that's a Bill Belichick defense, and they scored on every single possession. That is... That is an impossible feat to conquer, and it's really impressive from this Bills team. Yeah, um, I think that, like, going into this game, I think the Patriots are given a little more credit than they should have been. Like, it was it was an interesting offseason for the Patriots. They spent big in free agency, but had a rookie uh, QB. Um, and I, I just think that, like, they really shouldn't have been in – the position they were in the playoffs so to see the Bills win was not a surprise but the absolute 
ass beating they gave him was just it was unbelievable and it really showed the strengths that the bills have where if they are playing with a lead and like they they don't have to most teams when they play with the lead have to use the run to control the clock the bills are special they don't need to do that josh allen will light you up all day and there's nothing you can do about it you just have to sit there and take it yeah and i think too like I think, uh, you know, the Patriots' defense going into it, you could have argued was the best defense in the NFL. Um, I don't really agree with what you said about, um, you know, them being not supposed to make the playoffs. Like, they were really good throughout the year, especially with Mac Jones. Even though, you know, he was a rookie, I think he played the role that he was meant to play. Um, And, I mean, their defense was amazing up until that game where Josh Allen just couldn't be stopped, and they scored, you know, seven straight possessions. It's unstoppable. Um, but uh, anyway, the next game played was the Eagles at the Bucks, um, and I'll kind of start with this one. And I'll just say, Tom Brady just just destroyed the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are so trash. Um, they were fraudulent the whole year. Didn't win a single regular season game against a team with, you know, above like a 500 record, unless you're counting the Saints. But they were a fraudulent team as well. Um, so I'd say, you know, easy win for Tom Brady. That was a warm up game to the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is why Tom Brady's a GOAT. He'll take advantage of games like that. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I would have to disagree. I don't think the Eagles were – they were garbage. They, they did have a tough schedule in the terms of the, their losses. But if you look at their wins, their wins weren't as impressive as they did not play that many tough teams. But they did win those games, and they earned a playoff spot regardless – even if they didn't beat any playoff teams, they still earned it. And you could look at the the game; they just they did not get off. They got off to such a slow start, and then the the Bucks were just so hot on offense. Like I completely thought going into this game that Darius Slay would have more of an impact on Mike Evans, and that was just not the case. As Tom Brady consistently found Mike Evans again and again, and I think the problem with him going into the divisional round is Tom Brady's going to have to branch out because in some of these tougher matchups, cornerback-wise, he's not going to be able to look at Mike Evans all the time, so he's going to have to try and find that number two with Chris Godwin being injured and Antonio Brown obviously not being on the team anymore. Yeah, so as an Eagles fan, this was this was just embarrassing. I mean, throughout the year, I, I know we finished with a winning record, but we were not a good team. We play in the NFC East, and like a stinky stinky division and going in we're the seven seed against playoff tom brady tom brady in the playoffs is going to kick your ass there's nothing you can do about it like and i going in i thought i wanted tom brady in the bucks because i was like these guys are injured it'll be the best matchup for the eagles no no everybody in the team played like they were both mentally and physically handicapped and there was nothing they could do to even make themselves look like a competent football team. And now a bunch of children out there are going to argue that this is why the seven seed shouldn't be a thing in the playoffs. Just, just shut the hell up. It's more football. Who cares? Like, Eagles are in the playoffs. Suck it, uh, you fanboys who didn't get in the playoffs. Uh, Eagles will be back next year to win it all. Yeah, and all I have to say to that is I'd rather see Trevor Simeon in the playoff game than Jalen Hurts. But uh, anyways, moving on. 49ers at Cowboys. Hunter's going to start this one off. Um so yeah. 
Alright, this was a great game. I loved this game. It was it, it had a bit of everything. It was it had the, the fake punt by McCarthy, the going for it on the fourth down was very great call. They had some ups and downs with uh that ending drive. The 49ers had some they just could not convert, which kinda kept the Cowboys in that game. They kicked too many field goals, they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Debo Samuel, his versatility is unmatched. His ability to play the both the running back and the wide receiver when asked to, and the effectiveness he has at both positions is just like remarkable. Uh, the one thing I will say though is all those Cowboys fans who were like, "All oh, the refs screwed us." It it wasn't the refs; it was your own players. They that that was d- disgusting by Mike McCarthy for his players to be so undisciplined, to have those dumb penalties like that one defensive holding call. I didn't even know defensive holding was a thing until I saw one of the defenders literally tackle the offensive lineman, which just makes no sense. It's just stupid. You're basically trying to hand him the game. And then Dak Prescott supposedly having, having to be the veteran of the team, trying to be the leader, and then he ru- he rushes for too many yards and af- accidentally gets the clock out, and everybody's going to say, like, the ref bumped into him. I just don't think that mattered as much. I think... What really mattered was he had to touch the ball anyway, and he was just trying to get there as quick as possible. And if he ran into the guy and like threw him off balance, he still had to touch the ball regardless, so he was just trying to make sure the Cowboys got the quickest chance. It's just not how it played out. And then his comment after the game of throwing the, water, the garbage at the refs and condoning it, I think that fine was well served. So this is going to anger the Cowboys, Bama, Lakers, uh, Yankees fans out there. Um, but I I mean, the Cowboys have nobody to blame but themselves. They are the sloppiest, most undisciplined team we have seen. They committed so many penalties when they could have secured the game but decided to just consistently shoot themselves in the foot. And it's not like this is unheard of. Mike McCarthy is known for being a sloppy, undisciplined coach. So I don't get why people were surprised. And, like, the play call at the end of Dak, like, scrambling, it was a stupid play call. Like, looking at it, had he done it perfectly, perfectly, you get down there with two seconds to spare. Like, I I just don't know if they can, like, they can't do it perfectly every time, and obviously they didn't. And Cowboys fans, you need to shut the hell up about the refs screwing you. Like, you know the refs have to set the ball, so... This wasn't some, like, foreign new rule introduced just to screw over the Cowboys. It, the Cowboys knew they had to do this, and their O-line blocked the ref from getting to the ball. And the 49ers didn't do anything amazing other than Debo Samuel. Everybody on that team was mid. But the Cowboys just sucked so hard, it made it hard for San Fran to not win it. So, as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, I'm about to go off on my team. Mike McCarthy is a fat load of garbage that just happened to wind up on the sideline in Dallas um, undeservingly. Uh, didn't coach for like two years. In my opinion, too, like last year, I genuinely wanted Urban Meyer. Um, I saw what he did in Jacksonville, and he was a horrible NFL coach, so I'm happy we didn't end up with him. But, like, come on. we got to make a better hire than that. Uh, he had the team completely undisciplined. Um, and at the end of the day, too, Dak Prescott played, like, absolute garbage everybody can say what they want about Dak but uh you know he's not 
gonna win you a Super Bowl if he plays like that in a wild card game at home against San Francisco, who San Francisco shot themselves in the foot many times, uh, and you know still ended up winning the game because Dallas was so undisciplined with all the penalties. Um, what I will say about Dak, though, I had you know thought about it in my head. I kind of was like, you know, we should trade for Deshaun Watson, um, but you know, Dak is a great leader. I loved his post-game comments about the referees. Um, they should have thrown trash at him, and he should not have been fined for that at all because um, he was just leading his team, and at the end of the day, uh, the ref was 30 yards down the field, 30 yards where he was not supposed to be. He should have been a lot closer to the center and been ready to uh, you know, get the ball set so that the Cowboys could sna uh, snap it, spike it quick, and you know, find one of their playmakers for a touchdown on the next play. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Mike McCarthy has proven time and time again that he is the worst coach when it comes to clock management. So Dallas needs to do this offseason. I don't care if they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. That's fine by me. But Mike McCarthy needs to be gone, and they need to hire Brian Flores. Um, but if you disagree with me about the ref, debate a wall. You're wrong. All right. So we're going to move on, and we're actually going to go on to the Steelers-Chiefs game. Now, I don't, we're going to move on from this one pretty quickly. It was pretty straightforward. If Ben Roethlisberger's comments before the game didn't really tell you anything, then I, I really don't know what to say. Like, he literally said that they know they're the worst team out of everybody and that they were just there to have fun. And, I mean, he threw his last touchdown pass. He got, they had a defensive touchdown. They celebrated it. They had fun. They got killed. Everybody knew the Chiefs was going to win by a million. Everybody knew the outcome. Everybody knew exactly what was going to happen, and it happened anyway. So I think we can just move on straight to the Cardinals and Rams game, which was actually very interesting, and I'll let Tyler intro this one. Yeah, so last thing I want to say about Ben Roethlisberger, <clears throat> great career and everything. You know, you had some controversial stuff going on. Um, probably, you know, got lucky with the opportunity to even play in the NFL. But uh, besides that, you know, if he somehow comes back next year, he's shooting the Steelers in the foot. They should go for Kenny Pickett. Um, ben Roethlisberger, you know, great all-time legend, but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl ever again, so they got to move on. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Rams. Kyler Murray wasn't ready for this game. Cliff Kingsbury wasn't ready for this game. Frankly, their whole team wasn't ready. No D-hop made it a lot tougher. Um, I think they just weren't ready to play the Rams. You know, the Cardinals have been falling off for the past, you know, five weeks. Um, yeah, they beat the Cowboys, but other than that, they didn't really beat anybody. The Rams weren't even playing that good for the past five weeks either, but uh, the Rams are the team that came out with the win, well-deserved. Their defense looked dominant, um, and the Cardinals just were sloppy and not ready to play football. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, my main takeaway from this game was, like, is Kyler Murray that guy? Like, he is a great quarterback, but he just looked so uncomfortable the entire game and like he had never seen a football game before. So many just terrible mistakes that really killed the Cardinals. And there's no doubt that he's a great regular season quarterback. And this was his first playoff game, so I'm not going to pretend like nerves don't exist. But after watching that, I have a hard time thinking that, yeah, the Kyler Murray's the guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. And... I've been saying it for a couple of years now. I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that guy. Like, he really hasn't shown that he's been able to do it. And the Cardinals, like, just folded under themselves. Like, 
are we surprised that they are all of a sudden a lot better when they have a uh, great red zone running back um, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray um, finally putting the ball in his hands like they should be a winning team and the fact that they just got killed so bad by this Rams team is really like I I think it's not that surprising and yeah, just to wrap this up, I mean, Kyler Murray, that one intercept pick six he threw, I think that just basically wraps up his whole performance throughout that game. I mean, he literally had a safety. The O-line was giving him no help. The Rams defensive line, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, they were giving him trouble. And the offensive line just could not hold him. I mean, Kyler Murray, you got to take the safety, man. You literally, you throw the ball and you turn two points into seven. It hurts your uh, morale even more than getting a safety, punting it, maybe getting a stop, a three and out, and getting the ball back, a chance to score. It's just a dumb decision by a young quarterback, and he's got to really learn the sort of calm his nerves and try and, like, settle down and make the smarter choices. And I also think Odell Beckham Jr. had a really big game for him, his morale here. I mean, everybody was hating on him with the Browns, and everybody's like, oh, it's not Baker, it's OBJ. He really went out and showed everybody exactly who he is and who he's still be- and who he wants to be on this new Rams team. He's got a good quarterback, a veteran, who's known for delivering high passing yard games and re- delivering the ball very well, very accurate most of the time. Like, he's worked with great receivers, Megatron. I mean, just look at Cooper Cup this season, his production. And I think it's just great to see him back on top. I think Odo Beckham is a bit of a clown, <coughs> but that's okay. Um, anyway, let's move on to we're going to rank the remaining playoff quarterbacks <coughs> ahead of the divisional round. Um, I don't know. How many, how many quarterbacks did you rank? Only eight for one for each team? Yeah. I mean, I, I only ranked eight, too. I, I see Tyler here. All right. Like 10. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start us off. The 10th best quarterback in the playoffs <coughs> is Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you might be wondering, wait, there are eight teams left. Jimmy Garoppolo's a starter. How is he the 10th best quarterback? I'll tell you why. Because his backup, Trey Lance, is a better quarterback than him. Jimmy Garoppolo played like absolute trash against the Dallas Cowboys. He hasn't really done anything other than pass dump passes and, you know, dump and run strat for the Niners all year. Um, Trey Lance, you know, he's an athletic young player. I'd want him as my starting quarterback. Um, So, yeah, and I think, too – the other quarterback that I'd say is better than him, former MVP and pro bowler Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, the Bears, you know, they screwed him over. Just think about this for a second. The Bears were a playoff team last year. Now they got Justin Fields, pretty much the same roster, and they're horrible. I mean, Justin Fields is not their answer. Andy Dalton's not their answer. Mitchell Trubisky was the answer for the city of Chicago. Um, one-time pro bowler in his, like, four years there, um, and they screwed him. Um, and so I'll just keep going down the list. At seven, I have Matt Stafford, and I, I don't have anything really against Matt Stafford. He doesn't distribute the ball very well, and I think he's a bit of an inconsistent quarterback. But I think, you know, seven out of the remaining quarterbacks, it's, it's pretty good with the guys ahead of him. Um, you know, and at six, Ryan Tannehill. We didn't get to see him play last week, but I think Tannehill is very underrated. He's a great leader. Um, you know, he struggled his first couple years in Miami, but I think in Tennessee he's really found his home. Um, and honestly, I'd want him over Matt Stafford leading my team in the playoffs. Um, and at number five, you know, I struggled putting this guy at five. I really, really thought about putting him top three 
or four, but I have Joe Burrow at five. He's been on an absolute tear the past like four weeks. I think we can all agree about that. Uh, but I have him at five just because the top four are just so good. Um, but he's been incredible, and I'm so excited for that Titans-Bengals game. Um, but yeah, at four, I have Patrick Mahomes. Some people say that he might be the best quarterback come playoff time. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a rough season. Uh, he led the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a really, really good team this year. Um, but like I said about Joe Burrow, it's just the guys ahead of him are just better. Um, and so third on my list, this is a bit controversial, but I actually have Aaron Rodgers at three. Um, I have Aaron Rodgers at three. You know, people think he's the MVP, this and that. But, you know, he's had a cupcake schedule. You look at the Packers' schedule, they've played nobodies. Um, they've, you know, been he's been good. He's been putting up pretty good numbers, but his lack of yards and touchdowns and all that, like he's the third best quarterback. I think Josh Allen and Tom Brady are both better than him. Tom Brady's the best quarterback left in the playoffs because he's the greatest player of all time, and he's a great quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I'd have Tom Brady at one, and I have Josh Allen at two just because of what he did last week. I mean, he was on an absolute tear, um, just killed, absolutely killed uh, the Patriots' defense, who I thought was dominant. And Josh Allen's been putting up great numbers all year, number one fantasy football quarterback. Um, but, yeah, so my list is one Tom Brady, two Josh Allen, three Aaron Rodgers. That's my top three quarterbacks left in the playoffs, um, and I think they can all go on runs uh, late into this uh, postseason. Well, I have to admit, I was not as thorough in going into 10. Um, I completely overlooked the MVP, Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, Trey Lance, but um, I still have eight QBs, and eight. I have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not there to win you games. He's just there because he's probably not going to lose you games. There's like He has a team built around him that is great, and you really just need him to not throw an interception. Um, and he's not going to lead you to the promised land. Um, seven, I have Tannehill. I just, I haven't seen the the spark that so many of these other QBs have had from Tannehill, and I think that, like, I don't know, a team that was led by Derrick Henry, and when he got hurt, I thought it would fall into shambles, that actually became the one seed. I still just am not convinced because... Like even while Henry was gone, I didn't see that spark from him. Uh, six, I have Stafford. I I think he makes too many silly mistakes. You Cooper Cup, um, and you like he still leads. Like he's up there in interceptions. I'm not gonna say leads because I know he doesn't. But he makes so many silly passes, and you think that someone his age would be able to mitigate things like that. Um, and I just think that overall, his years in Detroit, um, his reputation was bolstered by the fact that Detroit was such a terrible team. And now that he's on a great team, I don't think he's as good as people once thought, but not bad. Um, number five, Joe Burrow. Um, listen, Burrow, him and Jamar Chase, five years from now, they're going to be crazy. They're going to be winning Super Bowls left and right. But right They're now, already crazy. He's, he's still... Only in his yep, second year, coming oh, off an injury, shit. and I, I just think like he's special, but he's not there now, and he doesn't have to be. He's still developing. The Bengals made it far, and they should have. For Mahomes, Mahomes, fantastic quarterback. Is that Jackson Mahomes? I, yeah, Jackson Mahomes. Um, <laughs> no, Patrick Mahomes. I think that he just had 
this year he looked so terrible for a couple weeks that I don't know if I can put him higher than four because of what I've seen from these other QBs. Um, number three, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, fantastic this year. Um, zero run game whatsoever, and he still makes sure to absolutely dominate games with like a force that I haven't seen in football in so long. Um, he's a threat on the ground, a threat in the air, and he just looks so comfortable at all times. Even when he's scrambling out of the pocket, he looks like he knows exactly what he's doing, and I just think he is fantastic. Number two, Brady. Playoff Brady. I mean, Brady's getting up there, but he's showing no signs of slowing down. Now, of course, he only throws 20-yard checkdowns, but... I mean, 20 yards? 20-yard checkdowns? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm happy with this 20-yard checkdowns, then. Um, I mean, he's it's playoff Brady. You can't really hate against him. And number one, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, best QB in the league right now, undoubtedly. Um, Aaron Rodgers would have at least five Super Bowls if his defense and special teams weren't consistently screwing him over and just making his life a living hell. Um, and I hope he finally gets another ring that he deserves. All right, so um, my list is sort of similar to George's, but actually I have eight. I have Ryan Tannehill. I feel like his uh, – he, he just never produced in the ways that everybody thought he was going to. We saw that great run they made where they upset the Ravens two years ago, and then he has just not been the same since. Everyone thought he could make a turnaround for the best, but he just has not been that guy. Uh, number seven, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. In my, he's he's being carried by Debo Samuel and George Kittle. I mean, if they had any sort of comp- competent quarterback, they'd be Super Bowl champions ten times over. Like their defense is so dominant. They have the young stars, the need. They have the coaching ability in Kyle Shanahan. It's just the quarterback position is so mediocre. I think Trey Lance has a has the potential to be that guy, but he's still a couple years in the making. And yeah, it's basically a, it for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Matt Stafford is number six. Like George said, they had this dominant win over the Cardinals, and Stafford really didn't even play that much of a part. He literally only threw the ball in the teens. Like He didn't even get plus 20 pass attempts. I feel like one of the biggest weaknesses of this Rams team is just their passing. if they pass the ball too much, then they, like, they, they just crumble. Matt Stafford... Play, has eyes for the other team. He plays for. I mean, those three pick sixes in three games. Aaron Rodgers has had three pick sixes in his whole career. If that just puts it in perspective, like he's he's Matt Stafford has the chance to be elite, but he still needs to get those pass attempts up there while still being elite. Uh, number five, I have Joe Burrow. No worry words necessary. He's popping off. He's just everybody above this list has played better and has the more experience and has shown their ability in the playoffs more than he has. Uh, number four, I have Jackson Mahomes' brother. Um, yeah, he's not as good at dancing, but he is better at throwing the ball. He's better at dancing, too. Yeah. Let, let, let's be real. He, he knows where to dance and not on the number 21. Yeah, facts, um, facts. He knows not to pour waters on Ravens fans. He does that, too. He knows yep. not to make a scene in bars uh, and have a, twi- have a tweet released about him. <laughs> uh 
But yeah, he, Patrick Mahomes, he, he, he looked good. It's just I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of these guys can do because their first game was just so good. Uh, number three, I have Josh Allen. He would have been my number one, but he just doesn't have the playoff experience that these other guys have and has shown the playoff, like, the playoff desire that they want to get to the Super Bowl. His last night just skyrocketed into my rankings, into my eyes. I feel like Buffalo has finally found their franchise QB and someone they can build a team around. And that him and Stephon Diggs have finally found that connection. Him and Dawson Knox. I mean, that he's just becoming what Buffalo has always hoped he would be. And number two, I have Tom Brady. It's hard to put him anywhere else but top two. He, his playoff experience, his playoff drive, the way he performs in the playoffs, it is just he's ready for the big stage. Uh, number one, I have Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's putting together a great two seasons, back-to-back MVPs. He's going to be, if, he can, if the defense can step up, I think he'll have a chance to win his second ring here. I think the Packers are a scary team, being a Packers fan myself. They're, they did all that they did in the regular season without guys like Zadarius Smith, without Jair Alexander, without uh, Whitney Merciless, who was a huge pickup, played one game, then got injured. Like, it's just been a, they've been an injury-riddled team the whole season. They finally get all the pieces back together. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing against the 49ers. All right. And then um, next, we're going to go into the biggest home field advantages going into the divisional round. Um, my number one, I'm no surprise, Lambeau Field. The Packers are undefeated at home this season. They're 8-0. They have looked very dominant. I mean, what else can you say, man? They, they've, they're they 8-0. They're undefeated. There's nothing else to it. It's a, cold, it's a cold tundra, man. It's hard for teams like San Francisco who play in warm climates, to go into a place that's like six degrees, negative degrees, with wind chill, really cold, and try and play in that sort of environment. Uh, My number two hardest stadium to play in is Arrowhead. I mean, set the record, the Guinness World Record, for how the loudest stadium at like 121-something decibels. It's insane. I mean, the crazy, how crazy their fans are just behind the Raiders. I mean, like... Their fans are nuts. They'll they go they go crazy. They, it's it's just hard to put them anywhere else on this list. Um, I mean, number three, I have the Bucks just because of how they play at home. I mean, Tom Brady at home is just a different beast. Even Tom Brady away is just really good. But I mean, at home he just becomes a different person. He feels more in his element, and he's adjusted to Tampa Bay so well. I think their elements that they have there, he's he's really becoming to coming to really good uh, shoes there. Uh, fourth is Nissan Stadium, the Titans. I have not seen anything impressive from the Titans at home. I've not seen anything impressive from the Titans fans. I just, it's hard to compare them to these other stadiums and how their teams play there. I mean, the Titans Stadium is just nothing special. It's, it's just so mediocre and average. It's just hard to compare it to anything. Yeah, so for me, I'd have to say, you know, Lambeau Field has to be won, and I really wish Seattle didn't fall off this year because, you know, this this type of list is made for a team like Seattle where, you know, they're the home of the 12th man. But, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Lambeau Field, you know, you could argue that Lambeau Field is getting up there. You know, it's always so loud. It's the frozen tundra. You know, it's just going to be unstoppable, like super hard to win there. But at two, I have, you know, the kingdom of the man that can go to the frozen tundra, and that is Tom Brady. Uh, Raymond James Stadium I have at number two. Um, and honestly, like – 
if Tom Brady played for the Chiefs, I'd probably have Arrowhead at two. But Tom Brady is the king. Like, you don't go into Tom Brady's house and try to dethrone him because it's not going to work. Um, Tom Brady's at two. Raymond James Stadium's at two. They're seven and one at home. Only loss was that embarrassing nine to zero loss against the Saints. But um, you know who cares? Tom Brady lost the Saints last year twice in the regular season, and you know ended up you know making it to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. So you know I got Raymond James Stadium at number two on my list. I have Arrowhead at three and Nissan Stadium at four, but they're super close. Both teams went seven and two at home. Um, and I mean, part of it too is how you play in your home stadium, right? Like, the Titans played really, really well at Nissan Stadium. The Chiefs played pretty well at Arrowhead. Although you'd think that the Chiefs would go undefeated at Arrowhead, a team like the Chiefs, a coach like Andy Reid. Um, but that's besides the point. Both pretty good stadiums to play in. I think Hunter was kind of you know trashing on Nissan Stadium a bit, but I think it's a very tough place to go and play. Um, so yeah, no I think. No way in hell, bro. It is. It is. Bro, who has heard of Nissan Stadium? It, it literally. I, I literally did. I've gone to a game in the Titan Stadium, and it is just pathetic. Like it, it's just. I didn't even know the name was Nissan Stadium until I looked it up on Google. Hey, you go there, you're not gonna win a game very easily. I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll pass it off to George now. That's just because of the Titans, bro. You play the Titans. Okay. Not gonna win easily. My list is yeah, pretty short yeah. here because. There's one stadium at one. Everything else is at four. None of these other stadiums matter. They're irrelevant. Like, except for Lambeau Field. You're not going to go into Lambeau Field and and win. Like, Aaron Rodgers, he owns that. That's his home. He will defend it, and you can't do anything about it. And we've seen fantastic teams go there and just get curb stomped by Rodgers because they can't handle the Lambeau weather in February and January. Like, it's just... Lambeau Field is unlike anything else, and I don't think home field advantage plays any sort of difference for these other guys. Like, Tom Brady's going to have the Tom Brady mentality, whether he's at home or not. And I think that, really, Lambeau is the only field that is going to matter in uh, a home team's favor. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to our picks for the divisional round uh, of the playoffs. So, you know, this is probably where we're going to actually, you know, get into some more debates, I feel like. But, uh, and this first game, uh, Saturday, 3.30, I think, is the start time. Titans against the Bengals. Titans hosting the Bengals. I'm taking the Titans over the Bengals. You know, Derrick no Henry's way. return, oh, the no return way. of King Henry. No the return of King Henry, bro. You know, the Titans, they got a week of just preparation, you know. Bengals, I saw the Bengals D line and run game is the only good thing they have on their team. Their secondary is the weak point. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill just can't beat them. They got AJ Brown, Julio Jones, you know, I've I've not been the biggest fan of Julio Jones. I feel like he's been overrated the last three years, but he's still super experienced. He's played in the Super Bowl. AJ Brown, super good young player. Um and I think, you know, Matt LaFleur said something about how they were prepping for the Niners all of last week, kind of expecting them to beat the Cowboys, which is Super disrespectful. He didn't have to say that. But that's probably what Mike Vrabel was doing with the Bengals, too, because let's be real, none of the away teams were winning last week in the AFC. Um, so Titans are super prepared for this game, much more prepared than Zach Taylor um, and the Bengals. And as much as I love Joe Burrow and I want Joe Shiesty to you know, keep fighting. Joey Burrow. 
Yeah, I got I got the Titans the winning gritty, that game. Bro, the home of the gritty. Yeah, you know Justin Jefferson's the true owner of the gritty. Nah, I don't care what anybody Jamar says. Chase has made it his own. Nah, bro. Justin Jefferson's nah, a better Cousins, player. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Kirk Cousins. Bro, Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter. Bro, he tore his ACL. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he tore his ACL he doing the gritty. Yeah, hey, gritty. respect that man. Respect that man. But uh, yeah, I got the Titans over the Bengals. Uh, Hunter, what's your pick for that game? Um, I gotta go with the Bengals. I think that's complete bullshit. The Titans over the Bengals. Exactly what I said earlier. King Henry coming back. Yeah, he's King Henry. He's the greatest running back. Probably, in, if he continues like he is, he'll probably become one of the greatest running backs of all time. Not number one, though. O.J. Simpson is the greatest running back of all time. The I mean, juice 2,000 yards. The juice is loose, baby. The hits, 14 the, hits he, the hits he had, especially with women, bro. Hey, he had to wear those gloves, you know. But, hey, the, at the end of the day, the glove didn't fit. So, you know, the juice, is, the juice is free. He's loose. Yeah, but um, back to the thing. Uh, it's King Henry. He's he's really amazing. Like he's un- it's kind of hard to describe him. Power, speed. He's got it all. It's just the Bengals' best part of their defense is the run defense. The secondary is where they really struggle at every game. They hold teams to very low rushing yards. They then they get torched on this over in the air. Like the quarterbacks just melt them. But I just don't – I think this is the best matchup they could have had for this round as the Titans are not really a passing team. They really work around Derrick Henry and the fear that other teams have for them, their defenses. I mean, it's just – I don't. I think Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow will just absolutely destroy this Titans defense. I haven't seen enough from them all year. They, they really haven't – they've been so inconsistent. I feel like Joe, Joe Burrow and this wide receiver core, T. Higgins – Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. I think they'll just. I think they'll just walk all over him. I think it'll end up being close, but I think Joe Burrow throws for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. I, I'm going Bengals on this one too. Um, now I'm not gonna discredit the Titans as much as Hunter was because at the end of the day, they're a one seed. They they uh, got that without having Henry for a lot of the season, but. I just, like, the Bengals are so electric, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to kill these Titans. We won't have, like, this will be the biggest murder since O.J. Simpson didn't murder his wife. Like, it is going to be a massacre. Like, I I think that Joe Burrow is going to have another one of his games where he goes crazy. Jamar Chase is going to just light it up downfield, and I can't see this going any other way than for the Bengals. All right, so I have a counter to both of them. I don't think they realize, you know, every single one of these matchups we've seen in the regular season besides the Titans and the Bengals, and I think what's really significant about that is the Bengals haven't played a running back like Derrick Henry. He is, in my opinion, the most unstoppable player in the NFL. Not just running back, but player in the NFL. I think he's going to bulldoze all over the Bengals. Um, and I think not only that, but you look at the past like three years, the Titans are always getting slept on. Like Everybody was like, oh, you know, that year that the Ravens were the one seed, they were going to have to go into Baltimore, play against Baltimore. They won in Baltimore. They went to the AFC Championship that year, I think play against Kansas City the other year you know Tom Brady last year in New England his last pass was a pick six to the Titans I mean Vrabel always seems to get the job done especially in at least the first playoff game of the year 
besides last year against Lamar. So That's two years ago, you freaking idiot. Hey, whatever. But the Titans, you know, other than last year or two years ago or whatever against uh, the Ravens, they've handled their business in the playoffs, and I can't see them as a one seed now. Finally, getting you know up to the one seed, they're not losing this game. But uh, anyways, we're gonna move to the game in the frozen tundra, uh, Saturday night game, Packers against the Niners. Um, this is going to be a very, very good game. I'm going to ha- hand it off to George. Okay, so the Packers are going to shove the Niners' face in the ground and kick their ass. This is going to be a blowout. I don't get why people are saying that the Niners even have a chance. These Packers, like Aaron Rodgers is going to light it up with Devontae Adams so hard the Niners are going to have to drop out of the NFL. Like it is going to be crazy how much of a murder this is going to be. I don't I don't think it's gonna be close. Um and I think the Niners are way overhyped, especially since the world's sexiest man, Jamie Garoppolo, can't throw a ball to save his life. I I just think that Aaron Rodgers is outclassing these guys so much that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Packers beat him by like at least 30. Bro, wait, hang on. I have one quick point. You said Jimmy G's the sexiest man in the league. Yes. Trey Lance is way better, bro. No, not even the best not on his valid. team. Not the not best valid. on his team. Anyways. Um, so, I, as a Packers fan myself, I would honestly have to disagree with George. I think it'll be a lot closer than most people are thinking here. I think, yes, Aaron will light him up. I think, but I think where we struggle is in the late game when we get those leads, we kind of start running the ball more, and our our team is basically built on the run it into a pass, and then the play action and the fakes. It's just what our team is really uh, shined with. And I think when we get in those situations where we have to constantly run the ball, we're just not as effective. And so we allow the teams to make late game comebacks, like the Browns, that one game we only won by two came down to the wire. Luckily, Baker Mayfield was playing for us. Um, I mean, we the only problem we have had this entire season has been our defense. I mean, you look, Aaron Rodgers set an NFL history record with the highest QBR and a loss. I mean, like, it's just been our defense. We've been in shootouts, a lot of 20-plus, 30-plus point games, and it, our, the, the opponents have kept up with us, and now we're getting likes of Zadarius Smith, Jay Alexander. Everybody's coming back. We still have Eric Stokes, who's a good deep threat. We have Whitney Merciless coming back to help out our linebacking core. It's just, it's all going to come together, and I feel like we'll be able to overpower this Niners offense and just be ready for everything that comes at us. Okay, so I appreciate what you said about, you know, the Packers being built for the run and everything. I kind of feel like that's how the Niners are built too, though, so I think it'll be an interesting game, especially in Lambeau Field where it'll be cold. But I want to mention this. I think that the Packers win this game by about 10 points if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. And I say this because look at what Jared Goff did last year for the Rams in the frozen tundra. He broke his finger, you know, two weeks, three weeks before, decided to come back, play. And, you know, Jared Goff is definitely one of the top 10, top 15 quarterbacks in the league right now. So to go in there. Shut up. No, stop it with the Jared Goff. Jared Goff Goff is the highest paid quarterback in the league for a reason. He's super good. He, he got he, traded. Yeah, and he's been grinding bro, with the Lions, bro. He's dude, been on Matt a tear. Matt Stafford is like already he's been on a tear. shining, bro, with less of a team. J- no, 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 no. Cam Akers is back. 
Um, Jared Goff, I think, is way better than Matt Stafford, in my opinion. Way better. Way better. Um, yeah, but he, he went into the Frozen Tundra and kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, he still had a decent game, uh, but played on a broken finger. Jimmy Garoppolo is not even close to Jared Goff's level. So I think, you know, if they bench Jimmy Garoppolo, who broke his finger, you know, like two, three weeks ago, for Trey Lance, I think this game could be interesting because I don't think the Packers are built to defend the way Debo Samuel plays. And I think Trey Lance is the guy you want passing to Debo Samuel. Um, and honestly, too, like, hey, stop the, the, Packers, <laughs> the Packers, you know, aren't going to be ready for Debo Samuel as long as Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. But um, they're not going to bench Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately. So I think the Packers are going to win that game. Moving on, though, the earlier game on Sunday – you know, you got Los Angeles Rams going into Tampa Bay in the Raymond James Stadium to play against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, George, who do you got in that game? We've seen this already. Um, the Rams are going to go in, and they are going to beat the Buccaneers. It's going to be a close game, but I just think that with the injuries the Buccaneers have sustained, I think Tom Brady's going to look great, but I, I'm just – I think that the defense the Rams have is just so overwhelming. And now that Tristan Wirfs is out and the, uh, what's his name, Jennings, the center for... Yeah, Jensen. Uh, Jensen. Ryan Jensen. Ryan yeah. Jensen, Jensen, the yeah. center for uh, the Bucks is out. Tom Brady's going to be getting a lot of pressure. When you have Von Miller and Aaron Donald, that's going to play a huge factor. Um, and I just... Cooper Cup is so electric and fantastic that I have a hard time believing anybody can guard him. Um, so I, I really just have to give it to the Rams on this one. Brady will look better than Stafford, but the Rams team as a whole will be better than the Buccaneers. Yeah, and I mean, you said we've seen this one before. Obviously, earlier in the season, I'm not quite sure what week they played. Um, but yeah, the Rams, you know, they gave Tom Brady and the Bucks. you know, they gave them the work. Um, they beat them. And I think with Tom Brady having a crippled team by his side in the Bucks uh, now is going to be tougher than ever, especially with Aaron Donald in the D-line for the Rams. He's going to have a field day against that just just hospital offensive line. Um, but I think that's besides the point. I think we're forgetting Tom Brady's playing a home playoff game in the divisional round. I just saw a stat. He's won nine straight divisional round games. Most quarterbacks don't even win nine playoff games. This guy's won nine straight divisional round games. I like Tom Brady for his 10th straight divisional round game. I never bet against the GOAT in games like these, um, especially with somebody as inconsistent on offense like Matthew Stafford. He seems like he force-feeds Cooper Cup the ball sometimes. Uh, and, like, they were, you know, applauding Odell Beckham earlier. Odell Beckham's dad probably is just telling Matthew Stafford to feed him, and that's why people are like, oh, OBJ's back. OBJ's not going to have a very big game this uh, weekend. Um and I like Tom Brady and the Bucks to win this one uh, by at least two touchdowns. I mean, I think what we've seen in the regular season from the Buccaneers and Tom Brady is that they do not know how to play against good defenses. I mean, look at them. They lost to the Garbage Saints twice. Not once, but twice. I mean, how – like, they, the Saints have looked god-awful in the second half of the season – and they beat the Bucks twice. So that how that just tells me that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, even when they had Chris Godwin, even when they had their offensive line, even when Antonio Brown was still on the team, they still were not very effective against a good defense. 
and the Rams have that sort of defense, and they especially excel with the defensive line against the hospital offense line of the Buccaneers. And I just think Tom Brady will not be able to overpower that defense. I think it really doesn't matter what Matthew Stafford does. I think Tom Brady is going to struggle so much. And, yeah, he's Tom Brady in the playoffs. He'll definitely still put up some points, maybe like 14, 17. But I think the Rams take Stop this it. one by at, least, by at least a touchdown. Stop it. Yes, sir. No. Tom Brady, greatest player of all time, is scoring at least at least 30 points in a divisional round game. But, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Who is scoring? Who's going to score? The Tampa Bay Bucks. No, no, no. no. Mike, Who on the Tampa Bay Bucks? Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to get locked up by Jalen Ramsey. Mike Evans is going to get locked up by Keshawn Vaughn, I think his name is. He had a great game. Against the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's ready. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, for Christ's sake, had a touchdown, um, I think, in the wild card. Or he had a touchdown in Week 18 or something. Le'Veon Bell, I think, his workload's going to go up. Antonio Brown was a cancer to that team. Um, you know, he tried to come out the other day and say, you know, him and Tom Brady are still best friends, which is a just complete, utter lie, considering he was just talking about how he hated Tom Brady two weeks ago. Antonio Brown brought down that chemistry so much. Um, this Bucks team's ready to play in the playoffs for sure. I, I just I, I don't see it that way. I see that Jalen Ramsey locks up Mike Evans. I see that Von. Miller hey, and I'm and I'm a huge Jalen Ramsey fan. I'm a Jalen Ramsey fan. Like nah, you but, put you put Trayvon Diggs over Jalen Ramsey, bro. Shut the hell yeah, up. Yeah, shut up. No, 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 no. Jalen Ramsey is the best lockdown corner in the NFL. Trayvon Diggs is the best ball hawk defender in the NFL. Yeah, there, there's differences. There's yeah, differences. He's the best at getting burned in the I, NFL. No. Like, 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 like we just balls. received a text earlier. Trayvon Diggs' season this year has been equivalent to. Jameis Winston's 30 touchdown, 30 interceptions. And as Jameis Winston said after that year, look at my numbers, I'm balling. That's exactly what's going on with Trevon Diggs. Look yeah, at his Trayvon numbers, Diggs, he's balling. Trayvon Diggs is balling. He's giving the ball to the wide receivers in the end Nah, zone. nah, nah. Uh, all right, so our next game is the biggest, I think will be the best game. Yeah, I it's agree. It's the revenge story, the Bills versus the Chiefs. I mean, what isn't to like in this game? I mean, it's it's got the story, it's got the great quarterback battle it's got the battle of the wide receivers it's got the defense of the bills travis kelsey the one of the best tight ends in the league i mean it is just like it's got everything it's going to be a great sunday night game it's going to be a fantastic story if the bills come out on top which i do i have the bills riding high i have the chiefs defense unable to stop them and similar to the regular season Josh Allen's mobility will take into account, and the the Bills will beat the Chiefs by 13. I hate betting against Patrick Mahomes. I hate betting against Patrick Mahomes, especially with what he's done the last three uh, years. Jackson Mahomes is brother. But you got a guy like Josh Allen with the Bills, man. Like he's a bad man. Stephon Diggs, that viral photo from last year, like. You just think, like, all of those special playoff moments that Stephon Diggs has had with the Minneapolis Miracle, with that cold, cold picture. This is his game. I think he's going to go off. I I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a game where, you know, he catches, like, 10 passes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I think he's going to have a monster game this weekend, especially against the Chiefs defense, who's not really all that great. We just saw Josh Allen and the Bills did to a defense that was supposed to be really good. I think the Bills are just going to be too hot to handle. Um, and I think the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs this weekend to go to the AFC Championship game. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick. I missed the part where the Chiefs were counted out. 
Last time I checked, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill here. Notice how uh, you named all offensive players. Yeah, yeah. yeah where's Daniel, yeah. Daniel Sorensen? Where's Chris Jones? Listen, right there in the garbage can because they Ty- saw Tyron it. Matthew. Um, but great player. I, but the guy who I just think that <laughs> I think the Chiefs just have more experience in this department, and Patrick Mahomes, he's just game t- like crunch time. He uh, it, when it comes down to it, he's just gonna be a better quarterback and is just gonna light up the Bills. I, I think it's gonna be a close game. Um, I don't know if it'll be that way the entire game, but you can't count either of these teams out until you see that uh, score say final. And I, I honestly, I like the Chiefs on this one. I think the Bills are a great team, and I think Josh Allen's gonna play great. I just don't think they quite have the assets. Stefan Diggs is great, but outside of that, like Dawson Knox is a, he's a fine red zone. No, he's a great red zone threat, but. I just don't really think they have the ways to move the ball downfield that the Chiefs do. And I I think that Andy Reid is a better coach. Um, not that McDermott's a bad coach. I think he's a fantastic yeah, coach as well. But Andy I just – I no, no, Andy Reid's a, a fantastic coach. Yeah, his defense sucks. His defense isn't great, but I think that Andy Reid really is going to coach the hell out of this game, and I, I like the Chiefs to win it. See, yeah, I disagree. I think Sean McDermott is going to I think I think what this game comes down to is whose defense is going to play better. And like I could talk about this game for so much longer than we're going to because I really think it's it's going to be the game of the year. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um but I think the Bills have, you know, allowed the fewest points against them this season. Um and their defense is super slept on. They don't have the defensive playmakers that teams like Dallas or, you know, New England has, but you know, they just play so well together. Um, and yeah, they're playing against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, all those guys. But I think that the Bills' defense is going to be able to contain the Chiefs' offense so much better than the Chiefs' defense is going to be able to contain the Bills' offense. And like, the Bills also have Cole Beasley, who I think was a second-team All-Pro last year. Like, he's he's a legit guy that can play in the slot. Gabriel Davis has played really well this year. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he's older, but he's played really well. I think that the Bills are a team that. You know, their offensive weapons get slept on, but I think they're good. And they started running the football in that wild card game, which set up their passing. Um, I think the Bills' offense is just on a tear. Um, so, yeah. All right, now we're going to go into our Super Bowl favorites from the AFC and the NFC. So, to start in the NFC, my Super Bowl favorites are the Packers at number one and then the secondary as the Rams. I like the Rams the way they played in the wild card. I think they just showed a dominance that they can possess throughout the entire playoffs and that how far they go. And then the Packers, I mean, I'll go back to the regular season again. They have just they they showed out with the injured team they had, didn't have all the defensive weapons and they still came out with the record that they did. I mean, one of the games they lost it was against the Chiefs. And if Aaron Rodgers had played that game, they win by 40. Like the Patrick Mahomes like with an injury-riddled defense Corners we picked up off of other people's practice squads. We still held them to 13 points and only one touchdown. And we had Jordan Love passing the ball, which I, I, I fucking hate Jordan Love. I hate the guy. <laughs> Wish he would, like, roll up in a corner and die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are, those are my picks in the, the NFC. Take him with his mom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's the future take, of Green take Bay. Him to, take him to the nosebleeds with his mom. He's the man. future of Green Bay. Not, not after we trade him, bro. 
Who wants Jordan Love? <laughs> I don't know. We'll just trade him to like a practice squad and then just pick <laughs> up another quarterback. Uh, but yeah, for the AFC, I have number one is the Bills and two is the Chiefs. As I have the Bills winning that matchup, I think the Bills are the number one threat. I think whoever comes out of that game right there is going to the Super Bowl. I think both the Bengals and the Titans are good, but I just think the Chiefs and Bills are on another level, and I think that that matchup is just going to be spectacular, and whoever comes out of the victorious out of that will have an easy route to the playoffs. Uh, not the playoffs, the Super Bowl. I'm such an idiot. Um, yeah, so for me, like I just <laughs> explained, um, I, I see the Chiefs as a bigger threat than the Bills, and you are goofy as hell if you think that the Titans or Bengals are better than the Chiefs or exactly. Bills. Amen, so that's the... That's a real AFC championship oh, yeah. game right there, Chiefs-Bills. And I think the Chiefs are better, so my favorite for the AFC is the Chiefs. In the NFC, I just – I I like the Rams better than the Bucks, but I can't see the Rams winning in Lambeau. There's no world in which that, team, that LA team goes into Lambeau um, – and faces that frigid weather yeah, and manages to come out. Yeah, it happened already once this year, baby. Yeah, the Rams once. just can't take it in Lambeau. And I just think the Packers are so, – not Packers. No, let me rephrase that. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are so dominant that that will carry them to the Super Bowl. And their defense – they've got playmakers on defense. Now their defense has continually screwed them, but hey – a guy can believe once in a while that the defense might not be terrible. So for NFC, I'm going to have to say Packers. Okay, so I'm frustrated with both of your guys' answers for both uh, sides. Don't but say you have the Bucks. Don't I, say I will say Titans. Bucks. I'm starting with the NFC. Oh, he's got a- Bucks. NFC, Titans, he? oh, the Bucks are going to beat the Rams this upcoming weekend. Oh, my God. And, you know, the Rams, they're that team. Tom Brady's that guy, even with a crippled team. He's taken some bad Patriots offenses to the Super Bowl and won those. Going into Lambeau, I know I said Lambeau. I know, yeah, not last year, but, like, Lambeau is such a tough place to play. But you're Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't care where he's going to play. He's played in New England for 17, 20 years. Tom Brady Brady can play in Lambeau, as he proved last year. He lost twice to Eli Manning. He's not Jesus. Yeah, well, he's beaten Aaron Rodgers, and he's won more NFC titles. He's going to win more NFC titles than Rodgers has in his entire career in just one year, or in two years. (laughs) I I like the Bucs. I I can't really think of another NFC team that's even going to give the Bucs a run for their money. Um remaining i genuinely just hey, yo, don't see it yeah, I, I i genuinely don't see it I, I like i'm gonna list two teams the for the packers, afc the packers were a worse team all i'm last saying in the nfc still gave the bucks a run for their money the bucks were a better team last year and the packers were a worse team and they still had a chance to win it and tom brady at age 44 is playing better than he did last Dude, year at tom age brady 43 three picks in the nfc championship and he's gonna throw zero this week i i like tom brady and the bucks afc <coughs> this one's tough for me you got the Titans and the Bills playing in the AFC Championship game. In my opinion, that's what it's going to be. Everybody's sleeping on that Titans team. I think it could get interesting. I think the Bills are going to win that at the end of the day. But if the Bills beat the Chiefs, they're coming off that huge win. You know, they're all pumped up. They're like, oh, yeah, we got the Super Bowl locked up. The Titans are just working. Like, they're the one seed, but they're the underdogs in any situation in the AFC Championship. They're just working. Derrick Henry's a man on a mission. 
Both teams have already been in the AFC Championship in the last. Eight. How can he be a man on a mission? Because I mean, the past couple years he hasn't like their team just has struggled. He's he wants that ring. I think Derrick Henry's super slept on. You know, people are starting to say Jonathan Taylor's better. Jonathan Taylor is not better. If you give Derrick Henry the Colts O line, he's rushing for four thousand yards in a season. I think the Titans can make it very very interesting in the AFC. Um, I do think the Bills will win that, um, and it will be a Bucks Bills Super Bowl. But if the Titans win, you know, don't give me any hate for that because I really could see the Titans making it. Um, so we're going to move on to the finale of this episode, our locks of the week. I'll start it off. Um, this, and this will be the finale of every episode. After every episode, we'll give you the gambling statistics, the betting, the betting locks of the week. We'll give you what you're going to want to parlay for the next week. Three absolute hits for the next week just leading into our next yep. podcast. 100%. So this week on Tuesday, we're going to go to the NBA. I like the Nuggets to beat the Pistons. On Wednesday, we're going to go do some of that college basketball action. I like UNC beating Boston College. Um, and then on Friday, Bulls playing the Spurs. Spurs only have DeJounte Murray. We're taking the Bulls in that game. Um, those are my locks of the week. Now I'm passing it to George. Yeah, um, my locks uh... – Tomorrow we got the Bucks playing the Kings. Um, who do the Kings have that could possibly stop Giannis? Um, and then Packers over Niners. I think that 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 for me that's just such a lock. I I don't understand how that is going to be close. And then a for sure lock. The Bulls play the Magic. Um, the Magic have nobody that's even capable of looking in Demar Derozan's direction. So. Yeah, uh, that's all my picks. Passing it to Hunter. All right, so this one you're gonna run. A, you're gonna want to run a parlay on this one, bro. I'm so confident in this. You got the Bucks spread over the Kings. I like that nine and a half point spread. I think they're winning by double digits. The Kings don't have Tyrese Halliburton. The the Bucks have just they have been on a low streak lately. But I mean, they're the Bucks. Come on, at some point you got to acknowledge that they are still one of the best teams in the NBA. They're the best team in the NBA. They ha- they NBA have, champs. They have the weapons. They have Giannis. They have Chris Middleton. They have Drew Holiday. Kings even, are the most defunctional team. Even, in yeah, the I NBA. know. Even even Bobby Portis has stepped up into the center role while Brooke Lopez is out. And then the Kings have just been so dysfunctional. They don't want to play Marvin Bagley, which is a huge mistake, especially going into a game facts, with a, the big men like Portis and Giannis. And then my second lock of the week has got to be the Nuggets' money line over the Pistons. I mean, Jokic is just doing wonders this year. And the Pistons have just looked honestly pathetic. They have just – everyone's expecting Cade Cunningham to come in, and he just – he did not have a hard, hot start. He's, he's getting better. He's looking more comfortable in the scene of the NBA. But I just think their team is just so – just so bad. Like, it's, it, there's no sugarcoating a way around it. It's, they're just bad. And then, similarly to George, I went with the the Bulls' money line over the Magic. I mean, like, it's just the Bulls over the Magic. The Magic have been, like, the worst Cole, team Cole in the league. Cole Anthony yeah. has tried to carry. Even Franz Wagner, for a bit, was trying to show Mo up. Mo Bamba's. Mo Bamba was playing all right. I mean, <laughs> but, like, none of them are anywhere near to the likes of DeMar DeRozan. Like Lonzo's shooting a lot better. He's been well, Lonzo's he's not been playing. A, he's he been tore a role. his MCL. Yeah, yeah, he's injured. That could change the thing. But what about Alex Caruso? Alex Caruso has I, been Alex Caruso's a defensive, Caruso's a defensive he's been, menace. He's been yeah, defensive menace. 
Zach Levine is just too elite. Kobe White. Vucevic. I mean, like they just have a. Good center, they just yeah. have all those stars, star power. I mean, for God's sakes, Demar Derozan is like going to be an an All Star starter for for Christ's sake. Well, you've got to give him the respect he deserves. Yeah. So uh, we're going nine to zero with those picks. Definitely, you know, check follow along if you want to, but. Yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. Make sure to tune in next week as we're going to talk about the divisional games that happened this weekend. And we're also going to give you our preview for the AFC and NFC Championship games, along with the All-Stars for the basketball and our NFL Honors predictions. That'll be all. Uh, See you next time.